superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan, warmly joined on this Wednesday morning, not our usual Friday time, by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Fellas, we are meeting early because it is Thanksgiving week. So first of all, happy holidays to everybody. Second of all, we have a jam-packed show. This is the only show of the year where we have to hit on 16 different games. There are no buys this week because of the holiday. Also, we still have all the Thursday games ahead of us, not behind us like usual. So we will jump in right away. However... I am legally obligated because it's the day before Thanksgiving to ask you guys about your favorite Thanksgiving dishes or traditions. This can be a side dish. It can be something your family usually does. Debro, starting with you, what's your best Thanksgiving tradition? Oh, baby, I dropped this in the slack early this morning, but backstrap, dude. The backstrap uh, for it's basically it's venison. And what we do is we butterfly it open. So cream cheese, jalapenos and Jimmy Dean hot sauce, <laughs> wrap it up in bacon and you can either grill it or stick it in the oven. It's it's a slice of heaven, my friend. Ooh. Yeah, Fitz, we were we were talking in Slack, everybody, uh, you know, about some of our favorite Thanksgiving dishes. Shouts to Blaine for suggesting the idea. I was talking about mm-hmm. I a couple years ago was tasked with making stuffing, and my sister suggested this spicy chorizo sausage stuffing. And it Ooh. ended up being a very surprise, like smash hit with my family. So I've made it the last couple of years. I won't be with them this year, um, but um, it, I've made it the last couple of years. Send that to me good. offline. I need that recipe <laughs> yeah. in my life for uh, and, and, <laughs> and Fitz, you were saying to everybody how, that you were mad we were having this conversation because it just made you jealous of all these interesting, unique foods you couldn't eat. <laughs> oh, I know. The the chorizo stuffing, the uh, this backstrap stuff, the, the venison roulade. Oh, my God. That stuff sounds mm. amazing. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, it's probably the stuffing. The stuffing is the star. Um, you know, and this is in the bird, the real stuff. I mean, like, you know, my mom grinding up the turkey organ. Like, I I would walk into the kitchen while she was making this. Better better to not do that. Better to just stay in the living room watching football because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, uh, you know, like, <laughs> it looks like a, a turkey crime scene a a turkey abattoir when you walk in there man it's uh but it's so good it's so delicious you gotta uh, get them giblets from somewhere pat you gotta get them from somewhere baby exactly (laughs) and uh sort of a like new thanksgiving tradition we got our dog like uh, well i guess this will be our third thanksgiving with the dog and um we have a big park right down the street. So on the Thanksgiving morning walk, uh, me and the dog and whoever else in the family I can get to join me walking down the street to this park and having like half a dozen turkey bowl games going on and getting to watch nice. some quality amateur cool. football before, uh, you know, hours before the Lions game Do you game ever try to get on. in the game? I do not. You know, I'm busy with the dog. I also don't want to, you know, pull a hamstring right before I uh, eat a Thanksgiving feast. So, uh, no, it's it's my pleasure to just watch those games. That's cool. A lot of young high school kids, mostly in good shape. So uh, I would be grossly out of place in those games. We've we've all played flag football together. I've seen you run around a bit. You've given them too much credit. I I thought you were going to take the the reality approach and you just didn't want to show them up. I mean, (laughs) 
it's not kind to show up all these 18 year olds <laughs> on a holiday right like that yeah, you know, exactly but, uh, that's that's great that's a really cool uh, cool tradition uh let's jump in to the thanksgiving games here again we've got 16 matchups to go through so we will try and go as quickly as we can matchup previews Game number one, Packers at the Lions. Lions, of course, hosting as they do every Thanksgiving. Key question here, which week 11 performance do you guys put more stock into? Jordan Love looking good or Jared Goff looking terrible? Fitz, I'll start with you. Oh, honestly, I don't put too much stock in either, Ryan. I mean, we've seen Jared Goff be good at times in his career, and we've seen him be pretty terrible at times in his career. Um, I don't think either side of that duality should surprise us. Uh, as for Love, like I don't think he's awful, but I don't think he's the long-term solution at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I think Love is probably destined to spend his career in the Baker Mayfield zone, where he's either one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league or a placeholder starter you're looking to uh, eventually replace. Deaver, what do you think about both Love and Goff? Yeah, I mean, I think like for this week particularly, I'm more in the camp of Love looking good again. And I know that a lot of these Green Bay pass catchers are banged up. Jane Reed's dealing with a chest injury. Luke Musgrave doesn't play, which hello Tucker Craft season. But you're looking at the Detroit Lions pass defense, and I think we could see the good version of Love this week, considering since week six, fourth most highest passing yards per attempt, eighth most passing touchdown. So... I think it's a good week for Love. Fitz, I want to ask just about Love quickly in the second half of the season. Since he is very young, but also every significant pass catcher in this offense is also super young. Tons of rookies or guys in their first or second year. So is this something where you think in the second half of the year, we actually might see a bigger step forward than you might in other offenses because everybody's kind of learning and growing and developing throughout the season? Yeah, this is one of the youngest pass catching groups mm -hmm. we've ever seen in the NFL. So um and and for that reason I do think Love is going to get like an opportunity in 2024. I, I have a feeling the Packers are not going to draft a starting quarterback unless they really tank, don't win another game, and maybe can get like Drake May or something like that. But um, yeah, so like it it stands to reason that maybe Love settles in and feels a bit more comfortable. But I, I think the reason I'm skeptical that he ever becomes like an above average quarterback. Like it would be one thing if he's playing at this level as a, a true rookie, but he's already had a couple of, mm -hmm. of years where he's been in the system and um, you know, it should be maybe a little more uh, advanced than he is right now. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe his ceiling is a little bit lower than um, you know, like average or above average NFL starter. Guys, we have so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score $150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, so much more. You name it, they've got it. We've got three divisional matchups on Turkey Day this year, with the Lions laying 75 
points at home against the Packers, the Cowboys laying 11 points at home against the Commanders, and the Seahawks getting a touchdown at home against the 49ers. I've got a feeling this is going to be an awesome, awesome day of football. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That's with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, the next of these divisional games on Thanksgiving is Commanders at Cowboys. Key question here, Tony Pollard finally back in the end zone. Is there any chance, Debra, that this serves as a springboard to a strong finish this season? I think it's possible, guys. And I know I know nobody wants to hear about Tony Pollard. Everybody's had him all season, not scoring touchdowns and looking like a lesser version of himself. But when I looked at his numbers writing up the Turkey Day primer, I was like, oh, God. The only thing that came to mind was the, the Harry Potter gif. He's back. Because you look since week nine, he's actually breaking tackles. Since week nine, amongst 47 qualified running backs, this man is third in explosive run rate, eighth in missed tackles force per attempt. And even if you just turn on the film, I think it's possible we could see Tony Pollard make a run down the back half of the season. I mean, the commanders are a neutral matchup. But Seahawks, you can run on them. The The Philadelphia Eagles run defense. People don't understand. They've taken a big step back. So in the next three weeks, we could see a better version of Tony Pollard. And look, oh, wait, after that, the Bills come to town. You could definitely run on them as well. Fitz, Pollard is RB9 in the rest of season rankings. Uh, do you think that's too high, too low, or just right? And, and do you buy into the possibility that we could see this sort of serve as a spark for the rest of the season? I think it's about right. I don't think Tony Pollard is going to perform like the top five running back that a lot of us were hoping he would be over Mm -hmm. the summer. Um, Pollard hasn't had more than 15 carries in any game since the start of October. The Cowboys have gotten really pass heavy, and I don't think Pollard was really cut out to be a heavy duty workhorse to begin with. But um, he could be, you know, very valuable as a low end RB one high end RB two. Like we need those guys too. Um, you know, even if Pollard is not like the primary engine, uh, the primary driver of championship fantasy teams, he can still be a, an important part of them. And as Debro mentioned, like the schedule, the rest of the way, isn't that daunting. I have a second question in this game. I want to ask about Sam Howell, and he's a guy we talk about a lot on the show. Even with three interceptions last week, he still finished as a top 10 quarterback in standard scoring in week 11. So he's been a top 10 quarterback in seven of his last eight weeks now. It's a really tough matchup this week against the Cowboys, but does he still need to be started given the last two months he's really been a QB1 every single week? Debro? Yep. You need to be starting Sam Howell. I've got him at QB 11 in my rest of season ranks. And curious, I want to say I had him as a top 12 quarterback in this week's ranks. Yeah, I've got him at QB 12. I mean, just 
I understand the matchup is terrible. I get the Cowboys have been good. Sam Howell's going to throw the ball all freaking day, and he's done it all season. So whether you like it or not, he's still going to bordle his way to a top 12 finish this week. Yeah, Fitz, you know, Debra mentioned that he's got Howell at 12. It looks like you've got him at QB 16. You're the low man amongst the Fantasy Pros analysts. Debra's the high man. What are you not seeing with Howell? Is it just strictly about the matchup? As I've said before, I still don't know whether Sam Howell is actually good. Uh, A lot of his fantasy success has been completely volume-driven, and there is a worryingly low floor for him in this matchup. And, uh, like, Debro could be right. Maybe there's a lot of volume for him here, but, um, you know, to get a lot of volume, you need to pick up first downs and move the chains. And if he doesn't do that, we're not going to get the volume we want. And, uh, you know, maybe he only winds up with 30 some pass attempts, in which case I think you're not going to see him finish as a QB one this week. For our next Thanksgiving game, 49ers at Seahawks, my key question actually comes from our Spotify poll that we put up earlier in the week. Everybody can go vote on that if you want to share your opinion there, and I'll give you guys the answer after you answer it. The question is, the Seahawks face tough defenses over the next three weeks. San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco again. Is Zach Charbonnet a top 15 running back as long as Kenneth Walker is sidelined? What do you think, Fitz? Well, He's got a tricky matchup this week, and it's not entirely clear whether Geno Smith will be able to play. So Charbonnet is dealing with some headwinds in Week 12. Um, I only have him ranked RB24 right now, and and that's a pretty conservative ranking, admittedly. Um, You know, still a a low-end RB2, so I think you're playing him no matter what. But in a better matchup, he might be a low-end RB1. Uh, Unfortunately, Charbonnet gets the 49ers this week, then Dallas, then the 49ers again, then the Eagles. So, um, you know, Charbonnet is probably going to keep landing in RB2 range for me. Debro, do you agree with that? I mean, theoretically, even in these tough matchups, mm-hmm. Charbonnet should be catching passes, you know, out of the backfield if they are down by a lot. Again, the poll question is, is he a top 15 running back? If he's not that high, I'm curious where you have him to. I, I love you, Fitz, but we're going to push back on this one. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I have uh, Zach Charbonnet. He is a low-end RB1. I have him at RB9 this week, <laughs> and he's he's going to be an RB1 for the entirety that Kenneth Walker is out. You look at what he did last week. He played 85% of the snaps. His route run rate was only behind Saquon, CMC, and Devin Singletary. That's it. He had a 15% target share, and... For everybody out there that's worried about the 49ers as a run defense, my biggest question is why? What has this run defense shown you the entire season that makes you scared of them? Since week six, this vaunted 49ers run defense, third highest explosive run rate allowed, fifth highest yards after contact per attempt, 14th in missed tackles uh, allowed per attempt. Even if you zoom in further with Chase Young with this team, because I know people are going to ask that question as well. 5.7 uh, explosive run rate allowed, 2.5 yards after contact per attempt. Both of those metrics would rank 10th and 14th over the full season as far as where they would finish this season. So, again, I just talked about, like, I just poked holes in the San Francisco 49ers. So that's two of the next three matchups and the Eagles. Isaiah Pacheco showed that the numbers are real. You can run on the Eagles. Nah, fire up Charbonnet. I'm totally with it. Fitz, do you think that if you see Charbonnet have a good week this week, tomorrow, that 
you will quickly move him up in future weeks for as long as Walker's out? Like once you see it, it'll be easy for you to move him up or will you still be somewhat hesitant? I think so. I mean, I believe in the talent and I think the workload should continue to be there. The The Seahawks probably aren't going to spell him too often with DJ Dallas or whoever else is there. Um, you know, one of the things and I, I know, Debro, the 49ers are like only mid pack in uh, run defense, DVOA and some other metrics. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think one of the reasons why they have um, why they're, I believe, top 10 or top eight or whatever it is in fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. I mean, that offense stresses opponents and takes them out Mm -hmm. of like run friendly game script. So if if Seattle falls behind two touchdowns, all of a sudden you don't really have the luxury of uh, leaning on the running game to try to get your way back into the game. So like that, that might be part of it too. And like, it helps that Charbonnet catches passes that makes him a little less, uh, you know, a little more immune to negative game scripts. But, um, yeah, it, like, admittedly, RB24 is pretty conservative. I might have to inch him up a little bit uh, before the games get going. I'm on the on aggressive Thursdays. side, I'll also throw that out there, too. Like, I think I think the median is probably where most people are going to find, and I don't disagree with it. Like, anywhere between RB12 to RB15 is where, gonna, where you should be finding them in a lot of different ranks. Well, you guys are split. The poll results are also somewhat split. It's 45% yes, he will be a top 15 running back as long as Walker is out. 55% no. So it's pretty close mm. to split even on that one as well. I want to throw a player prop your guys' way. These odds, of course, come from DraftKings Sportsbook. Brandon Ayuk, 62.5 receiving yards, plus 150 anytime touchdown score, plus 800 first touchdown score do we like any of those again it's 62 and a half receiving yards plus 150 anytime touchdown plus 800 first touchdown fits do you like any of those yeah i'll go over the receiving yardage total i think he's gonna top that debra yeah I'm, I'm gonna go over the receiving yardage total i think that the, the keys for the 49ers winning this game obviously it's a lot of cmc but i think it's brandon Ayuk and i think it's george kittle uh looking at the matchup versus seattle single high like brandon Ayuk has decimated single high so give me the over for the receiving yards Everybody listening, we are very excited to share our new customer holiday offer for our premium tools. For a limited time, you can double the length of your new subscription when you upgrade to any of our premium plans for free. Get two months for the price of one, 12 months for the price of six, or even a full extra year when you upgrade on an annual plan. Whether you're looking to make a playoff push or get premium access well into the 2025 season, this offer is for you. Check out fantasypros.com promo to take advantage of our holiday offer and double your subscription for free today. Guys, we have the first ever Black Friday game this season. It's game number four on our slate here. Dolphins at the Jets. First of all, quickly, do you guys like the idea of this Black Friday game? Kind of a follow-up to the chaos that is Thursdays? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, look, more days of football is never a bad thing. I'm, I'm totally with the idea. Even if the NFL were to make every week Saturday football a thing, I would love that in my life. Fitz, are you pro or con, uh, you know, Black Friday game? Oh, I'm pro. If it keeps me out of a shopping mall, then uh, I'm all for it. (laughs) Well, the whole point is it being on Amazon. They're going to keep you shopping on Amazon is, you know, one of the greatest marketing feats I'm sure we'll ever see. I will sit on the couch and shop from Amazon while watching football all day. Nobody has to twist my arm to do that. (laughs) Like I I said, this game, they were probably more excited about it back when they thought Rodgers would be healthy. It's Dolphins at the Jets. 
Do we feel any differently about the Jets offense now that we have news that Tim Boyle will be starting? Debro, are you approaching this game differently at all with Boyle instead of Zach Wilson? No, it's just yeah. it's it's the lesser of two evils is the way I look at it, because the last time we saw Tim Boyle as a starting NFL quarterback in 2021, 46 qualifying passers, poor Tim Boyle, 44th in yards per attempt, dead last in big time throw rate. 43rd in passing grade. It's not good, Bob. It's just, it's not good. They they don't have any good options on that roster. I mean, the, the thing that kind of, I'll throw this out there. Why are we not going to Trevor Simeon? If you want like competent league average, decent quarterback, tell me that Trevor Simeon can't outplay both of these guys. So if you were going to say, okay, let's light the hope candle. I would be more on board with Trevor Simeon than either Tim Boyle or Zach Wilson. I'm not saying that the there's some conspiracy theory where the Jets sneakily decided to tank the moment Aaron Rodgers went down. I am saying every decision they've made at quarterback since Rodgers went down is the same thing they would do if they had decided to tank the moment he went down. It is beyond me what why they stuck with Zach Wilson so long, why they didn't go out and add a there's a lot of options out there. They could have been the team to trade for Josh Dobbs or, or whatever it was. So I, I, I'm very confused by this whole thing. Fitz, are you <laughs> – does it move the needle at all for you to have Tim Boyle starting? No, not at all. And I think it might be a downgrade. Like, I don't know if he is the lesser of two evils. 120 career pass yeah. attempts for Tim Boyle, three touchdown passes, nine interceptions, and 5.1 yards per attempt. With That's just wretched. Um, oh. and, and I agree with Debro about Trevor Simeon. Like, he's been an effective spare tire. Like, you don't want to drive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 100 miles on him, but, like, he can get you across town in a pinch. And, like, I don't think Tim Boyle can be an effective spare tire. <laughs> Trevor Simeon, the, the NFL serviceable donut. Oh, man. Love it. Uh, it's a shame we don't have a discount tires read today because that would have fit in perfectly. Um, <laughs> Trevor Simeon can be the spokesperson. Trevor for Simeon it. is the discount tire. Um, I do have a second question on this game. Uh, Jalen Waddell has only finished higher than wide receiver 33 times this season, but he's still regularly ranked in the top 20 on a week-to-week basis. Is it time to move him down the rankings, given that the Dolphins just aren't using him as much in the way that we were kind of all hoping when he was, you know, a top 15 wide receiver on draft day? Debra, what do you think? I think you're absolutely spot on with this worm. Uh, I've got him at wide receiver 25 this week. And it's not a case that the the ceiling hasn't been there because we have seen the ceiling outbreaks, but that's, that's legit. The only thing that's floating his, his fantasy ship. I mean, I think Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith are the Spider-Man gif, except we don't have Jalen Waddle. Like there's not an injury or anything that's pushing targets back in his direction. That's coming to save him. So while he still can pop off for these wide receiver 10 and six and whatever finishes, they're few and far between. And in the weeks he doesn't do that, the floor has just been bottomed out. Tyree kill is just, he's taking all of the oxygen in this passing attack. He's getting everything, the deep targets, the red zone targets, the target share, all of it. So Jalen Waddle, yes, rest of season. He's a wide receiver three. Wow. Fitz, where, where do you have Waddle? I mean, it, it might surprise people to hear that since week two, he has only topped 70 receiving yards in a game once. It was his big game against the Patriots mm-hmm. in week eight. Outside of that, since week two, 46, 35, 51, 63, 42, 55. These are not elite numbers. 
Yeah, I have Jalen Waddell, wide receiver 23 this week, and it's largely about the tough matchup with the Jets, who have allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But your point, Ryan, um, yeah, like I think Waddell probably should not be a slam dunk for the top 20 at wide receiver every week. He's a really good player, but Tyreek Hill is clearly the alpha receiver in Miami. And the reason Waddle was able to finish top 10 last year in fantasy scoring at the position was because he was so insanely efficient. Um, a league leading 18.1 yards per catch for Waddle last season. This year, he's averaging 13.1. Uh, last season, Waddle averaged 11.6 yards per target, which is absolutely insane. This year, 8.6 yards per target. Um, Waddle is like really good, but the crazy efficiency of his 2022 season was not sustainable, and he might be closer to wide receiver three value than wide receiver one value. Let's move to the Sunday early afternoon slate. Saints at Falcons. Uh, hopefully the answer to this one isn't just a quick no and move on. But my first question is, is there any chance Arthur Smith actually starts to use his real star talent coming out of their bye week fits? Probably not. I don't want to instill false hope in anyone. But right before the Falcons bye week, Bijan Robinson did have a season high 22 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. First time all season he's had 20 or more carries in a game. Uh, and hey, hopefully Arthur Smith did do some soul searching during Atlanta's bye week because the Falcons have lost four of their last five games and three of those four losses were two teams with losing records. So uh, it is time to make some changes, Arthur Smith, or you're going to be out of there too sweet. Debra? He's going to use Bijan. I, I believe that. I believe that with the rest of the, the options, I mean, I have no greater confidence now than I did before their bye week because – I do not believe in Arthur Smith, haven't believed in Arthur Smith, will not believe in Arthur Smith. I just, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day of this Falcons offense when there is no Arthur Smith calling the plays. I have another question in this game on the Saints side of things. How much differently, it's still early in the week for us here because of the holiday again. When I'm not entirely sure what direction we think the quarterback is going to go for the Saints, whether it's Carr or Jameis Winston, how much differently are we ranking Chris Olave based on whoever it ends up being at quarterback, Debra? None. I for everybody that that has belief in Jameis Winston, apparently you have not watched him play football over the last two years because he has not played good. I'm not saying that Derek Carr has played good, but if you're looking at Jameis Winston as this like walking in savior for this passing attack, you need to get your glasses and your prescription checked because you have not watched him play football. Uh, so I, I like Olave for all the reasons I always like Olave because he's really, really damn good at football and he gets open religiously. Do I have any greater confidence that the quarterback's going to be able to hit him in stride with a deep ball? Nope. Fitz, what do you think? Yeah, no difference in how I'm ranking him, but I am heavily invested in Olave this season, and I think I would prefer to see Jameis Winston play. I get what Debro was saying. Debro, Jameis Winston wasn't good in that year. He was putting up circus numbers mm -hmm. for the Buccaneers, but because he is such a uh, D-gaff downfield thrower of the football, will mm -hmm. put the ball, like, has not met a tight window throw that he didn't want to make. <laughs> so, uh, like, we know he's fearless, which is good for our receivers. It might not be good for the team he's quarterbacking, but it's uh, very good for the stat lines of his wide receivers. 
You guys both already know this, but November is an awesome, awesome sports month, arguably the best on the calendar. Second half of the NFL season, NBA and NHL are in full swing. College football is delivering some great rivalry matchups, though after the first couple of weeks of the Maryland basketball season, I think I'll be skipping that sport for the next few months, tapping out there. But while we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing in the world better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on Game Time, the official ticketing app of the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Fitz, of all the games on the Thanksgiving slate, which one would you most want to be at live? Oh, of the Thanksgiving slate, uh, it's got to be Lions Packers, man. I'm a, I, a Packers I thought you fan, might stay so. away from them just because you didn't actually want to watch your your Packers lose to a division rival. But I guess it's just better to see them. Yeah, I feel like once in my life I should be at a Lions Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah, I think that's fair. What about you, Debra? Which one of those three would you like to see? And you could you could pick Black Friday as well, though I don't think you would. Mm, I would definitely yeah. not pick that game. Um, I, I think it's the 49ers and Seahawks. I, 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 want, I would love to see this 49ers offense in, in the flesh. Uh, watching CMC play, who uh, he keeps humming along, man. Like, tell me, he does what he's doing right now for the next, say, two seasons. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? I, th- I think he needs to be in the conversation considering if Terrell Davis got in there for a short career, but over that stretch, he was one of the best running backs to ever suit up cleats in that stretch. Christian McCaffrey deserves that type of respect. So I'd love to watch him play football. I think I would actually pick Commanders Cowboys because it's either going to be just an unholy beatdown of epic proportion or <laughs> it's going to be a great upset. I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are going to win by like 17. They're either going to win by 40 or they're going to get upset. And uh, I'd be excited to see either of those play out. I am on the Game Time app right now and tickets are still available for all three of these matchups. It even shows me what the cheapest options are. And I can also see from the seats the view right away without having to click through a bunch of times to understand just what it is. I'm paying for for last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team download game time download the game time app create an account and redeem code fantasy pros for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again download the game time app and enter code fantasy pros that's all one word for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed let's get to the next game here guys Steelers at Bengals Obviously, this game looks a lot different than it would have a couple weeks ago. The Steelers, you know, in addition to Joe Burrow being out, the Steelers finally moved on from Matt Canada this week. Do we feel much differently about their offense now, Fitz? I don't know what to expect with the play calling of Steelers quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan, but I'm cautiously optimistic that this might make the Pittsburgh passing game slightly more functional. Um like we've seen the running backs perk up lately. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris have both been like useful fantasy assets over the last month. Um, But I don't ultimately expect dramatic improvement from the passing game, just because I think Kenny Pickett is a quarterback of very modest talents. Dero, are you more optimistic, less optimistic or to look at this the same way? I look at it as probably on most levels a push, only in the sense that I'm with Pat. I think that Kenny Pickett, I was not a fan of him as a prospect coming out, and he's done he's done nothing like over the entirety of his NFL career to really push that uh, evaluation. And I think at this at this juncture, the Steelers team knows who they are as far as the identity of this offense and this team. They're winning ball games by running the ball, by keeping the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hands and putting it in Jalen Warren and Najee Harris's hands. I don't see that that's going to change. 
maybe the per play efficiency of the passing game goes up a little bit because the play designs have been so terrible this this year but outside of that it's most likely a push for me I have a second question in this one. On the other side, I mentioned Joe Burrow. How do you guys think the Bengals offense is going to adjust in Jake Browning's first start now that they've had 10 days to make adjustments and kind of try to rework the offense as best they can without Burrow? Fitz? Oh, man, I'd like to believe that Jake Browning is going to be a reliable spare tire a la Trevor Simeon, (laughs) but uh, I'm worried this is going to look a little too much like a preseason offense. Like you watch preseason games where backup quarterbacks are playing and you don't see functional downfield passing attacks. Uh, the field is condensed. The targets to wide receivers and tight ends just aren't that valuable. It's harder to uh, harder for running backs to get yardage because safeties can cheat up. That's the thing, man. I mean, there's so much skill position talent on the Bengals. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. But Joe Burrow was the straw that stirs the drink, man. And uh, without him, I just worry that, you know, none of these guys are going to come close to reaching their fantasy potential. Yeah, Debro, obviously there's not really any cause for optimism here, but just how far are you dropping these guys now that Burrow is officially done for the year? Um, Jamar Chase is a volume-dependent wide receiver, too. I mean, him... He he's going to be staring down Devonte Adams. They're basically in the same exact conversation uh, on a weekly basis and rankings. T Higgins is a wide receiver three, uh, which is really sad to say. Uh, wide receiver three slash four, depending. I have no faith in Jake Browning. I'm I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I wish I could tell you that I did, but if Trevor Simeon's the uh, the spare tire, Jake Browning's the flat tire. Yeah, geez. Uh, This is the perfect opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over under challenge presented by betting pros. Each week, the guys will be making over under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is Joe Mixon. His line this week is set at 13 fantasy points against the Steelers. Do we think he goes over or under deep I'll take over just based off of volume and check downs. Fitz. I'm going to go under just because I think his touchdown prospects are greatly reduced with Jake Browning at the helm. Let's move to our next game here. Jags at Texans. My question for you, Fitz, how will CJ Stroud bounce back from his first bad game, which I'm putting in quotes. He still threw 336 yards and two touchdowns. He just also had a lot of picks, which we hadn't seen during his rookie year so far. How do you think he's going to bounce back from that? Probably pretty well. Like Stroud, uh, unlikely to throw three interceptions again. Um, But like the Jacksonville defense is really legit, kind of an overlooked unit. Um, So it's not a slam dunk that Stroud has a great week, but I'm optimistic. I have him quarterback six this week. Yeah, Debra, where do you have him? Uh, I'm probably extremely high on Stroud because, well, I love Stroud. I'm seeing you have him six Um, as well. Yeah, I've got him at QB six. And you could... As crazy as it is to say, guys, like I, I'm gonna have to give it serious thought about pushing him above Patrick Mahomes and pushing him to keep you five. Like that's <laughs> that's not insanity. Like considering how good Stroud is and the way that you beat the Jaguars is with deep passing. So versus deep passing, twelfth highest passer rating since week six, tied for the most deep passing touchdowns allowed. Um, so I think it's another big week for Stroud. And shout out to Erickson for his fantastic call with Tank Dell. 
Um, another Tank Dell game. We're gonna we're gonna watch Tank Dell put up wide receiver one numbers again. Wide receiver ten in my rest of season ranking. Yeah, right Erickson now. has a wide receiver nine. That was on yesterday's show that we talked. Where about do you that. got him at, Fitz? Because I'm curious. Are you riding oh, on the Dell man. train, baby? Yeah, I want to. I want to say I'm like more in high and mid range wide receiver two. Okay. Um, like he's he's in the teens somewhere for me. I do actually have a you know player prop for him. Again, odds from DraftKings Sportsbook. Tank Dell over under 64 and a half receiving yards. It sounds like you're going way over, D, bro. Over, baby. You ladder bet the hell out of that. Over. You going over two as well, Fitz? Going over. And by the way, D, bro, I, I do like Dell a lot, but I also love Nico Collins. Maybe that's the reason I don't have Dell higher. That's, I mean, that's fair. Both of them are ballers. I do want to ask you guys quickly on the Jags. Which do you think is the real Jags offense? The one that did absolutely nothing two weeks ago against the 49ers or the one that had a huge day last week against the Titans? Debra, which one do you kind of put more stock in when you're evaluating this offense? I think there's somewhere in the middle of that. But if I'm going to put if I'm going to shade one way or the other with that coin, I'm going to go that. Trevor Lawrence is more likely the quarterback we've seen from most of the season. He has struggled mightily against pressure. And while the Houston secondary has struggled over the last few weeks, uh, since week six, the Texans pass rush is getting after it, boys. Like they're third in time to pressure and fifth in pressure rate. So if Trevor Lawrence cannot mitigate pressure and that cannot deal with muddy pockets, because this has been a problem all year, it's going to be another down week for this Jacksonville Jaguars passing offense. Fits quickly. What do you think? Yeah, just lame answer. It's something in between the two extremes. Uh, you know, like we've all hoped that Lawrence would continue to be the quarterback he was uh, for, for much of last season, especially down the stretch and maybe even improve on that. We haven't really gotten that, but he finally gave us a big game, raising our hopes. Uh, we finally got a big game from Calvin Ridley. Um, there have only been a few of those so far this season. So a lot of really nice pieces in place in the Jacksonville offense. Hopefully we uh, continue to see more of what we saw last week against the Titans. Guys, I've already mentioned that fall is my favorite season. There's nothing I love more than seeing the colors change and feeling that crisp autumn breeze. It just feels like football. Plus, fall has the undisputed best football holiday, which is Thanksgiving. Nothing better than stuffing your face with friends and family, kicking back for a great slate of games. The only thing better is doing all that with beer, but not just any beer. Miller Lite, the 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything fall has to offer now that I'm a long flight away from my family. I don't get to see them for Thanksgiving, but one of my buddies out here in Denver graciously invited me to his friends giving. And just yesterday he asked me what kind of drinks I want him to pick up for the festivities. I couldn't believe he even needed to ask because the answer was obviously Miller light with the Miller light in your hand. Fall doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time to get Miller light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros. That's MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros, or you can find it pretty much any that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces guys let's move to bucks at colts my question here is where are we ranking chris godwin this week he's only finished as a top 20 wide receiver twice this season more often than not he's been in the wide receiver four or even worse range fits where do you have godwin Wide receiver 38, which is wide receiver four range. Uh, I think that's where he deserves to be this week. We've seen like 
Baker Mayfield will just throw to the open guy. Like he targets Mike Evans a lot, but then we're getting a lot of Trey Palmer. We're getting some like Rakeem Jarrett, your your guy from Maryland, uh, Worm, uh, Devin Tompkins. So yeah, and Chris Godwin's probably going to be running a lot of his routes against slot corner Kenny Moore, who is really the Colts' best cover man. So uh, it doesn't look like a great outlook for Godwin this week. Debra? Wide receiver 36 and rest of season rankings, I got a wide receiver 35. So Fitz and I are basically hand-holding. I think yeah. it's it depends on, like, I'll play Pop Douglas um, over Chris Godwin this week. Um, there's a lot of guys in that wide receiver three range that I will push uh, Godwin below. Um, I, I think anywhere from low wide receiver three to high end four is where he needs to be. He's one of, if you look at the rest of season rankings on Fantasy Pros, you can see not only where you know guys are ranked according to consensus, but how that differs from where they were being drafted at ADP. And Godwin is one of the receivers who has dropped the most for non-injury-related reasons. There are obviously guys who have dropped you know, because they're hurt, but for non-injury-related reasons, he's one of the guys who has dropped the most this season. And yeah, it's just... Done nothing. Yeah, he's, he's done nothing with the ball exactly. every single week. Like, even if the matchups... Like last week, matchup was good. Still did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so a very disappointing season for him and his fantasy managers. Let's move to a couple of teams that have had disappointing seasons for their fans. Patriots at Giants. The total in this game is 33 and a half, guys. Just for fun, I want you both to make the case for the over in this one. Debra, I'll start with you. Hoy vey. I saw this on the docket and I was like, <laughs> all right, let's get wild, baby. Let's go. Um I don't care who's under center for the Patriots this week. Give me Mac Jones. Give me Bay Zappi. Doesn't matter. Malik Cunningham. Doesn't matter. If you look at the Patriots offense and matching up with the Giants, they can't stop slot receivers. Mondre is starting to roll. So I think that the Patriots could push this to the over. If there's one team that drags the other across the finish line, it could be the Patriots offense. And surprisingly, the Patriots defense. If Tommy D can't get it done, Defensive tutty maybe on the board. Fitz make the case over 33 and a half points in this one. Well, Tommy DeVito had his breakout game against the Commanders last week and is going to develop into a rock-solid NFL starter. Uh, the Patriots are going to turn to Bailey Zappi, and he is going to show everyone how he was able to throw for 5,900 yards and 62 touchdowns in his final season at Western Kentucky. Uh, Patriots-Giants is going to be an absolute shootout. Um, and, of course, I, I don't really believe any <laughs> of this. I was going to say, it certainly I, sounds I like you believe that. I love that you're saying that with a straight face. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad I sold it, uh, but I am, I'm betting the under on all four of the games this week that have totals of less than 40 points and in fact i have a four-leg parlay bet with all the unders together uh so i want this game to be a complete rock fight and i think it will be yeah i would be pretty surprised if it's not let's go to another betting pros over under challenge here saquon barkley coming off the rb1 finish in week 11 his line this week is all the way up at 14 fantasy points fitz what do you think there I got to go under in this uh, very oxygen-deprived ecosystem of an offense he is in. Uh, Debra? Yeah, I'm taking the under there. I, I just the, – the Patriots, one of the few things they've done well this year is defending running backs. So unless he gets into the end zone, I can't see him getting over this. Let's go to another super fun game. Panthers at Titans. My key question, are you more, <laughs> are you more or less interested in watching this game than you are Pat's Giants fits? Some no, um, oh. it's boy it's e tough. <laughs> equally disinterested i would <laughs> yeah. have to say i mean it's football like we we would 
we always got to look at this on the bright side, especially during Thanksgiving week. Like if someone dropped this game in front of you in like late July, you'd yeah. be, uh, you know, you'd be hanging on every yeah. snap. So, uh, you know, let's let's not get too jaded here. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I will be jaded and say that even though there's only six games in the early slate this Sunday because of the holiday, I would be perfectly fine if both this and the last game never make it on red zone and they just stick with the other four because I have well, no interest in this. They might not. They might because neither one of these teams should yeah. get in the red zone. So, I mean, possible. Yeah. Um, possible. The actual question I have more seriously, do we think Derrick Henry smashes an easy matchup coming off of two very poor weeks, D-Bro? No, and that's what I was going to say. If you were going to ask me if I wanted to watch this game, it's just because I want to see vintage Derrick Henry rumble this week, and I think it's going to happen. I think nothing has fallen off for Derrick Henry. You look at all of his tackle breaking, all of his efficiency metrics. They all still are amazing. Like, him and Raheem Mostert are the two guys that are kicking father time straight in the junk this year. Like, they're being like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter our age. We're still going to break tackles. We're still freaking awesome. And the Carolina Panthers, the only thing we know about them is you can run the ball. Titans are going to feed Derrick Henry in this matchup. Yeah, Fitz, Henry is RB10 in the expert consensus rankings in half PPR. Is that about where you have him, or do you think that's too high or too low? I've got him RB12, and, um, like, Debro's right about Henry. Like, he's still king-freaking Henry. The issue is that his offensive line might be the worst in the league. And, like, that's really hard to overcome. He's also not getting volume befitting the great King Henry. Um, So, like, he's averaging 66.3 rushing yards a game, and, and, like, the circumstances are just not right for him to smash most weeks. Now, maybe the Panthers... Truly terrible run defense allows it this week. But, um, boy, yeah, I'm just, like, not predicting a 100-yard game for Derrick Henry anymore. Quick worm, did you see where I have Derrick Henry ranked this week? Uh, I did not look. Uh, it's so early in the week, I didn't even know if you guys had uh, got it all. Said, whoa, oh, you and Erickson actually both have him RB1. Wow, that is that is really, I don't, I've got, well, I've got, I've got him at RB2. Okay, right behind, only behind there. Christian McCaffrey. That's it. That's really, but I've got him at RB2. That's really interesting that. It's got, uh, you know, both of you showing it. Oh, oh yeah, I had it on standard, not half PPR. But it's interesting that it's Debro RB2, Erickson RB2, Fitz RB12, Joey P RB15. So there's a huge oh. disparity between two of the analysts versus the other. That's uh, I think the king is back, yeah, baby. I think yeah. we see the king rumble this week. I, I, think- I want access to the time machine that uh, er- Erickson and Debro are using to <laughs> yeah. get that ranking. Well, stop at Thanksgiving, Pat. We, we can <laughs> hop in it together, baby. Uh, I do have a player prop here i want to throw you guys away quickly on the panther side adam thielen his line is set at 70 and a half receiving yards are you going over or under fits i'm going over man uh frank reich's play calling we've seen thielen average i think over 80 receiving yards a game with frank reich calling the plays when reich wasn't calling the plays under 50 a game reich is back dialing it up so uh, i'll go over here Debra, it looked like you were going under I'm taking under. I have no faith in Bryce Young to deliver the ball. I, I understand the play calling stuff. And to, to Fitz's point, Thielen did have a marginal bounce back uh, last week. So, you know, there there is that. I think it's a really good line. I'm going to take the under, though. Let's get to the late afternoon slate for Sunday. Rams at Cardinals. Debro, where are we ranking Kyron Williams in his likely return to the Rams backfield? He's going to be an RB1. I've got him at RB8. I think that... The, 
for us to understand and read the tea leaves of this, I think the release of Daryl Henderson screams that if Kyron is coming back, he's coming back healthy. That And if he does that, he's going to take this backfield back over. And if that's the case, he needs to be an RB1. You could run on the Cardinals. We've already seen what this looks like, guys. I mean, we've already seen Kyron Williams rumble for 158 the last time they played the Cardinals. So outside of worries and concerns of when he comes back, if he's coming back to be the guy, why would we not rank him as an RB1? Well, Fitz, I don't know if you just haven't updated this or if it's out of any sort of lingering question about the health, but you are not ranking Kyron Williams as an RB1. In fact, you're not even ranking him as an RB2 this week. Is that right? Yeah, admittedly, it's a conservative ranking, RB28. And I am putting Kyron into, uh, boy, like three different starting lineups this week. So I like him enough to start him. I I just don't think he's going to walk back into 25 touches his first game back after being out more than a month. Um, you know, like we see this a lot where guys come back and, um, you know, they want to give these guys a week to get their wind back. Um, so, like, I, I think we'll get a little bit of Royce Freeman mixed in with Kyron Williams this week. Going forward, maybe that's not the case, and maybe it goes back to being like Williams getting 90% snap shares every week. But this week, I have a feeling they're going to ease him in a little bit more. Fitz, uh, real quick, if I were to tell you, just playing devil's advocate, if I were to tell you that Kyron Williams gets 20 touches this week, where would you have him ranked? Because I I understand that being conservative, and I understand them even easing him back in, but if he gets 20 touches... Where would you put him in rankings? Yeah, like high-end running back two. And I, I get you okay. having him in RB1 range, but, you know, like it is, uh, there are no teams on by. There are a lot of, actually a lot yep. of really good running back. Like I feel, I've got James Cook at running back 30, and I would have no issues putting James Cook in any of my lineups this week. It's just, okay. there are a lot of good options at the position this week. Let's hit one last betting pros over under challenge here with Matthew Stafford coming off a game where he only threw for 190 yards, did have two touchdowns. He also had a pick. His line is set at just 15 and a half fantasy points against the Cardinals. Fitz, how do we think Stafford does? Oh, man. And Debro, this is another reason I'm a little bearish on uh, Kyron Williams. I'm going to go over for Matthew Stafford. I, I still think the Rams are pass first team. Debro. Welcome. Uh, I think it's a good lot. I'll, I'll take the over because the Cardinals secondary has been that bad. Uh, but Stafford didn't look like Stafford last week. And that's my only worry about that. But I will take the over. All right, let's go to another divisional matchup here. Chiefs at the Raiders. Debra, I will start with you. Until his receivers start playing better, is it time to drop Patrick Mahomes in the weekly quarterback rankings? It's time. Sadly, it is time. Uh, if Because if Travis Kelsey has a down week, it's sinking Patrick Mahomes because none of his receivers can either get open or, as we've seen with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, unfortunately, countless times, catch the ball. So it's not a Patrick Mahomes thing. It's, a, it's everybody else around him outside of Travis Kelsey. So I think he is, is going to fall into anywhere between that QB5 to QB8 range on a weekly basis. And like I talked about earlier in the show, I'm going to rank C.J. Stroud over Patrick Mahomes this week. Mahomes is QB4 in ECR this week. In rest of the season, he's still up at QB3. Fits is that just too high, given what we've seen from the receiving core? Um, 
Are you, are you guys saying Marquez Valdez Scantling is not a good wide receiver? <laughs> is that my understanding? Uh, How dare we? And and by the way, as a Packers <laughs> fan, uh, I've seen this sort of thing before. Um, boy, man. But, that that was rough on Chiefs fans and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he puts the ball right on the money for what should be the game-winning touchdown and uh, right through MVS's hands. <sighs> Boy, I'm I'm still ranking Mahomes top four every week. Like I, like he's he's too good. I I realize the receivers have let him down a little bit. Although we're starting to see um, Justin Watson step up as like the the dependable wide receiver which is pretty interesting um so yeah i am ranking him behind josh allen and jalen hurts every week though like mahomes is he's going to be third in that top three and and maybe behind like lamar jackson maybe cj stroud depending on matchup but like i've still got to have him top five every week well i was going to ask you if it's like when you saw mvs drop that ball was that a familiar pain was that like would you all of a sudden have like Hello, darkness, my <laughs> friend. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know how many times I watch him get behind a defense and Aaron oh, Rodgers puts it right in his mitts only for him to uh, you know, well, not, Fitz, not you, bring it in. You said that you'll have Mahomes behind Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Speaking of those two, the last game in the late afternoon slate is Bills at Eagles. The Bills actually used James Cook a ton in their first game without Ken Dorsey calling plays, but now they face a Philly defense with a reputation for stopping the run, although Debro has talked about how they're maybe not quite mm-hmm. the run-stopping defense that we thought they were early in the year. So, Debro, where are we ranking James Cook? I've got James Cook. I know Fitz said he's got him in RB3 range. I've got James Cook this week at RB21. And again, I know that Eagles fans do not want to hear this. Hi, Mike Mayer. I love you. Um, But since week six, the numbers bear it out. You can run on the Eagles. They're allowing the second highest explosive run rate, the 13th highest missed tackles per attempt, and they're 14th in yards after contact per attempt. So while we get all these narratives like, oh, San Francisco is really good at stopping the run. Oh, the Eagles are an elite run defense. They're just narratives. When you look at the numbers, this is how you get the edge in fantasy and understanding like Isaiah, because Isaiah Pacheco, if they would have fed him last week, like they should have, maybe Kansas city would have walked away with that win outside of all the MBS stuff. Fitz, what do you think about the matchup for cook in this one? Yeah. So as mentioned, I've got him RB 30. Um, like, I agree with Debro. The Eagles defense is not like this impregnable unit, but, um, it, like it's still a pretty good run defense, Debro. They've given up two touchdowns to running backs all season. They're giving up a league low fifty nine point run rushing yards per game to running backs, and they've given up the eleventh fewest receiving yards to running backs. So it's it's not like this is uh, you know a matchup that we shouldn't be concerned about at all. Like I'm I'm starting James Cook in the the league where I have him, but um, you know I I, I don't think he crushes it in this matchup. Can, can we side note for a second? And I, and I know we need to get to this next game, but does anybody else out there wish that Jalen Carter would have picked off that spike from Patrick Mahomes? I keep watching that clip. Oh, I, man. Absolutely. That was wild. Like, oh, so close, baby. Like I've like, never seen uh, that before. That was a truly unique play so and like pretty, pretty heady by Jalen Carter to even oh, try man. that. So fun. Yeah, that was, that would have been like an all time 
NFL play if that had happened. Uh, I just e- want him to do it even again. So just like, the I want him really to do cool. it again and get the pick. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a sick. Apparently, um, I think it was Dominique Foxworth was saying on some some podcast after that that uh, Ed Reed used to try and practice doing that in Ravens practice back in the day, which is like that's the most Ed Reed thing ever to even think of that yes. and like to actually come up with a plan for how to make it happen. It's just, it's so quintessential, Ed. Um, I do have a second question in this game. We can be quick on this one because I think we all expect a good game from him. But how big of a bounce back game is A.J. Brown going to have coming off of his one catch for eight yards on Monday Night Football fits? Oh, yeah. Remember in week two where he had kind of a quiet game against the Vikings, <laughs> four catches for 29 yards. They showed him complaining on the sideline. Uh, the next week, A.J. Brown had nine catches for 131 yards against the Buccaneers. And that was the first of six straight games with 125 or more receiving yards. So, yes, I think he goes bonkers this week. Debra, A.J. Brown, where do you have him? I've got him at wide receiver, too, behind only C.D. Lamb this week, so I'm with Fitz. I think he's go- he goes full Incredible Hulk. He's going to just absolutely decimate the Bills. Let's get to Sunday night football, the Ravens at the Chargers. Key question here, what will the Ravens' target share look like without Mark Andrews now in what is an amazing matchup against the Chargers? And guys, we talked last Friday, of course, the morning after these big injuries happened. So now that we've had a little time to think more about what this offense is going to look like and get more information, what do you expect of the target share in this one fits? Yeah, so Zay Flowers hasn't seen more than seven targets in a game since mid-October. I think he's probably close to a double-digit target count in this game. Uh, I think Isaiah Likely probably soaks up five to seven targets uh, that Mark Andrews would normally see. And maybe the Ravens' other tight end, Charlie Kohler, gets a couple of those targets too. Um, And that still leaves about... I don't know, 15 targets to be spread among Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, and Nelson Aguilar. Maybe throwing a couple for Keaton Mitchell. I think that gets us to, what, 35 or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think, Debra? Uh, Zay Flowers this week, wide receiver 16. That's what I think. I think Zay Flowers is going to eat. You look at the one game without Mark Andrews this season. Zay Flowers, that was week one, yep. maybe. He had 10 targets. He had a 45% target share. And I'm telling you that... I'm not saying that he gets back to that because Bateman being healthier, Odell Beckham being healthier, they're going to siphon some of that off. But Zay Flowers getting a 30% target share, I think absolutely can happen. I'm not sure if I missed something. It's not clear to me how healthy Odell is. They said very definitively it wasn't any sort of long-term issue. I don't know if that means it is a short-term issue. I will note the Ravens have the bye week after this week, so they might play it a little conservatively Mm. with a guy like Odell that they're really going to be relying on, you know, come playoff time. So I just keep an eye on that, but I'm fully with you on on Zay Flowers. In fact, we have another uh, player prop here from bettingpros.com, and again, this is the odds from DraftKings. Zay Flowers over under 57 and a half receiving yards without Mark Andrews. That line is just too low, right? I don't even yeah. care the line. I just found betting the over. Uh, you you over. told me it was 70 and I'm, I'm and, and remember, over. he should have had his first 100-yard game too last week, you know, with Andrews going oh, down early. The phantom holding with the phantom call. Hold. But yeah, Fitz, ridiculous. are you also going over? I mean, again, 57 and a half. That's, that's a surprising line to me. Yep, it is. I'm going the over the phantom holding call on Odell Beckham. That was uh, that was unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah. And by the way, Odell, like, is there a game where Odell doesn't get hurt during the game? Like to some degree? There hasn't like, been I mean, yet he's, this year. he's got this. Yeah, he'll have this shoulder issue all season, but I think he'll just keep trying to gut it out yeah. through it. Uh, last mm-hmm. game here, Bears at Vikings Monday night football. We talked about Ty Chandler last week. He looked much better than Alexander Madison, but Madison still got 18 carries to his 10. Chandler did also have four catches for, I think, 37 yards. Do we have to 
bench Chandler until we see him actually usurp Madison in terms of the usage, or is he just because he's clearly the better running back, we're still going to start him, D-Bro? I think you're definitely benching him in this matchup. The Bears have been an elite run defense all year, and the other thing about it is I I don't know what Alexander Madison has on Kevin O'Connell and how he keeps getting the volume and the snaps and all these different things, although he does a lot of nothing with it, but it keeps happening, guys. So I, I'm definitely a little bit cooler on Ty Chandler than I was walking into that game, just watching Alexander Madison at, run more routes, have more carries, 18 to 9, and then play a ton more snaps. Like Ty Chandler... For as good as he was, and he was very good in that game, 31% of the snaps. Like, that has to play into our thinking moving forward. So I'm benching him this week, and I'm tempering expectations. What do you do with Ty Chandler, Fitz? Well, with no teams on bye this week, it's less likely fantasy managers will have to gamble mm-hmm. on Ty Chandler getting a decent workload. So I've I've got Madison ranked RB33, Chandler RB38. What will be interesting is to see if Kevin O'Connell does start tipping the scales a little towards Chandler after Madison lost a very costly fumble uh, in last week's game against the Broncos that, you know, big part of the reason why they lost. Fitz, let's wrap up quickly here with, I just want to get your opinion on Justin Fields and how he looked in his return from IR last week. Oh man, thumbs up, as mobile as ever, and the touchdown pass he threw to DJ Moore was a thing of beauty. Uh, the, The pass rush for the Lions was starting to close in on him, stepped up in the pocket, but then instead of just making a mad run for the first down, saw DJ Moore break into the open and fired an absolute bullet downfield for a long touchdown pass. Uh, so yeah, big thumbs up for Justin Fields. Debro, you're a big Fields guy. What'd you think of his return? I think he looked exactly like the quarterback that has taken another step this season, and people still do not want to give him his flowers. And to all the Fields haters out there, last week amongst 30 qualifying quarterbacks, 11th in yards per attempt, 10th in adjusted completion rate, 8th in highly accurate throw rate. If you think that Fields is not throwing the ball better this season and is not playing quarterback better, we are watching different games on a weekly basis. We will get out of here on that. Again, everybody, please enjoy the holiday. Enjoy all the football. Have a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy all the food as well. For Debro and Fitz, I am Ryan Wormley. We will get out of here. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.